I'm gonna get nervous and I'm gonna get I'm gonna get audio shy now, Phil. I'm not gonna I know, talk. I know, I know, no, it's, it's, it's inevitable. Don't worry, you'll 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 butter me up. I won't, no, I won't. I'm gonna make it as hard for you as possible. <laughs> Splendid. I know. So uh, Welcome to the Magical Machine. Uh, Nick Bennett. The marvellous Nick Bennett. Um, I need to say where we are, just on the off chance that, you know, at some point in the future, people start saying, yeah, come and record the Magical Machine at our venue, uh, and we'll give you free booze. Maybe you could get groupies revisiting the events and recreating their own. Yeah, you could have the Magical Machine tour of London, or, and beyond. This, was, this was where the famous chip recording happened? <laughs> yes, this was right. This was where the very awkward Nick Bennett recording yeah. happened. This is where he, this is where he sat. <laughs> this is where they had to bring out the antiseptic wipes. <laughs> oh, about 30 minutes in. So, uh, so Nick, yes, Nick, thank you very much for uh, agreeing to join uh, the Magic Machine for this episode. Oh, it's a... And um, I forgot to say, yeah, where are we? We have the Fox and Anchor in... Smithfield. Smithfield, Smithfield. yeah. So, as you know, there's two questions. And, uh, well, can, I, can I just interrupt very briefly? Yes. Thank you, Phil, for inviting me on it. It's uh, it's it's an honour, and uh, it's a pleasure to be part of it. So uh, please fire away, and I'll, I shall do my best to uh, to provide you answers and, and perhaps uh, a little a little entertainment if I can. Excellent. Uh, and if you don't, <laughs> I'll never get invited back. Do, do do repeats? No, no, no. But I do a smashing line and really clumsy edits. Fantastic. Really, really bad. And that will be where I introduce a really clumsy edit. Okay. Right. So question number one right. is, um, if you, uh, how would you describe yourself to somebody that doesn't know who you are, who hypothetically might be listening to this sort of thing? How, how would you describe yourself? Okay, so as, as you can imagine, you, I've probably prepared a you've, few stock answers. You, you've overthought it. No, I haven't ever thought it. Um, I, I've, I've done something which I hope you'll uh, you'll concur is a is an acceptable way forward. So I just right. want to be transparent all the way through, so that right. you, you know where I'm coming from. Okay. What I haven't done is scripted anything, because okay. I know it's important that we don't do that. Can we put the paper away? Please do. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it! You, you've taken my script. Now I feel naked. I'm naked. I don't know what to say. No, uh, just just transparency. So, uh, first of all, you'll find that transparency is one of the things that describes me. Ah, ah, there okay. you go. All right, but, uh, transparent so, person. So, what what I've done as a transparent person is I, I've I've got I've got a starting point, and, and that's all I do. Right, go on. So, my starting point is uh, I'm a 160 pound land mammal. Wow. Okay. So, like a fat marmot. Well, no, because a moment's not a biped, so I'm a biped. So okay, just, well, just, just to add a bit more description, so we're now, we've now removed me from the, the quadrupeds. <laughs> so I'm, I'm a land mammal, but I'm not a quadruped, I'm a biped. Okay. Uh, and to further distinguish myself, uh, I have opposable thumbs, and I have the power of reason. So this description initially will, uh, should your podcast become time machines uh, and we get discovered by a you know a fantastic alien race which also predisposes that the fermi paradox doesn't exist but anyway uh, then then at least the person who's listening the somebody and i put that in inverted commas i'm doing inverted commas by the way in case yeah. you can't see well you can't see obviously inverted commas bunny ears right bunny ears right 
so that that sort of places me in the sort of like the human genus. So I'm a I'm a land mammal. I'm a biped. I have opposable thumbs, yeah. and I have the power of reason. So yeah. that that that's where I'm sorry. So that's that's for outer worldies. Um, I then have uh, <laughs> two more stock answers, and then we're into free flow. Okay. Okay. So, all right. So let's get okay, so the, probably the, the, the people listening probably have quite a lot in common with you at the moment. Assuming that the people listening aren't listening to this in some sort of time capsule pod far later in the future. Well, some kind of pod. Some, uh, some sort of pod. Right. Maybe some kind of pod many of them are listening to. So for, for, for many of the many listeners that do share the same attributes that I first mentioned, I will further distinguish myself by saying I hark from Geordie roots. Ah. So I come from a, I come from a long line of coal miners. Of which my dad wasn't one, but he was the son of a long line of coal miners. My dad was someone who decided to break away from the coal mining community up in North England, in a little place called Burnup Fields. And you might find a few oxens popping in than he. Uh, and uh, he came down to London. And so uh, while I have my Geordie roots, I'm a London lad. So uh, what, uh, what did he do then? Did he, did he have, uh, if he was rebelling against the, the, uh, the, long, the long chain of history, the pressure of history, what, well, did, what, what did he do? It, well, inter- interesting that you use the word rebel because... Uh, was it I, rebel? Well, it, no, in, and funnily enough, this is, this is the interesting thing of perspective, is actually it was rebel. So at the time he rebelled and became an accountant. Oh, (laughs) which is like you know, right now that would be the antithesis of any rebellion would be to become an accountant, and then to go from accountancy to being company secretary and to being financial director, etc., etc. Oh, right. But but he did that, and you know what? I through many years of young childhood, perhaps didn't get on very well with my dad. But you know what? In retrospect, looking at what he did and how he did it, and to to rebel. Bunny ears, once more, bunny ears. Uh, to become an accountant and to bring me and my brothers down to London was uh, was an almighty, beautiful task. And uh, oh, right, so you were uh, you, you were alive then. Uh, I, I was you, alive. You were, oh, were, I was very ba- much. You were baggage. I, I, in, in I, a sense. I was very much a small Geordie baggage. Yes. <laughs> uh, you, you might you might tell from the uh, the, the accent that I, I retain none of the Geordie. No. no, that's gone. That is. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I never had it in the first place. So uh, I have Geordie roots, but I'm a London lad, uh, right. born, born and bred London lad. So uh, how old, uh, if you were born and bred, how could he have brought you down <laughs> from uh, the north? Thank you for picking me up on that one, Phil. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's fine. This so <laughs> investigative, investigative journalism. I, I, I guess I guess I say born and bred because all my waking and I guess cognizant memories are in London. So I was uh, I was probably I was two years old when we came down to London. So my first two years pre-gathering any linguistic sort of uh, traits, which <laughs> yeah. might which might have brought the Geordie with me, uh, were all lost. And uh, so we came we came down to London and moved to Battersea. And so when I say born and bred, that, that's my my version of born and bred right. is what I can remember. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> right. Okay. Uh, so. 160-pound land mammal uh, with some geographic specificity. Okay, and uh, I can go further if you wish. I, yeah, I think that might be required because... The uh, last stock answer. Go on, so go on, go on. Once more, once more. Okay, and this is it. I promise no more. I promise no more. Um, so the last thing I'd like to put in is 
because uh, we've kind of we've kind of gone from like I guess identifying me in the homus genus. Then we've identified me geographically, so you can kind of place, and you probably also realise Caucasian, should you need to yes. put a colour on it. That's quite difficult in, a, it is, in it this is. format. I mean, it's not necessary, but it's, it's there nevertheless. Yes. Uh, so I'll, I'll now go one step further to say that how I would like to describe myself to the people who now understand I'm a human, understand my geographic, I'll give some of my traits. All right. And, and my traits... Traits. Well, I, when I say traits... This is very structured. This is not even a D&D character. It, it's terrible, isn't it? And I do promise this is the last. So What's I have, your dexterity? <laughs> <laughs> uh, not ambidextrous, unfortunately, although I wish. I often spent... <laughs> I spent many years, many years as a child thinking being ambidextrous would be worth trialling and, and working at. Did you ever try? I did, I did, I did. But I, I realised that actually ambidexterity is something that you have... Yeah, or it's yeah, something yeah. that you probably have to spend your entire life pretending you have. I think and it's probably I, quite hard to train. I did, so I, I quickly got out of that. Right. So, so yes, traits. So, Sorry. Well, and so for traits, I'm just going to give I'm going to give you two words, and then then I end my scripted bits. So all right, we're, all we're right. into free flow. So I'm going to go with, uh, if you'll be kind enough to allow me, uh, go go for it. <laughs> mischievous creative. Ah, yes. Well, I think that worked very well, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> well, that was the bit I was most interested in, and it was the bit that we both didn't want to talk about. No, well, I, think I think it's always very difficult. Because I had assumed that in asking this question, everybody would say... Um, they would have a very similar response to the response that they have if, uh, you know, if, you ask them at a, if you meet someone at a party, for example, and uh, they would say... If you're if you're a parent of children and you meet other parents and you've got you know nothing in common other than the you know, land mammal bit and all that kind of thing, and the fact that your children go to the same sort of school, what people typically ask is, and uh, what do you do? What do you do? Um, and nobody in any of these magical machine interviews at all has has used that really as a, a way that they go about identifying themselves at all, right, or a way that they go about describing themselves. I think mischievous creative. Did you say mischievous? Mischievous creative. You did say mischievous. I did, yes. Okay, so there's a northern, uh, a northern <laughs> trait straight away. I well, think that's mis a Mischievous? Trait. Yeah, mischievous. I think that's... Uh, that, that's very north-south divide. Yeah, 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 no, I think it is. I think, really? I think mischievous is... Uh, is the correct way. <laughs> oh, oh, I see. Sorry, I thought I thought you were tiring with a long brush. Uh, I see you. You were just you were just invoking the grammar police. I know. I know exactly. The only reason I asked this question is all to, to score points. <laughs> uh, note for the audience: Phil has just laid down the grammar police card, and he has one point up. If anybody's carrying score, it's one nil to Phil. Really, one nil. See, if only this was a visual form, I'd be able to represent that. Maybe I can do it with audio. I think I think we have to find a way this evening to encourage ourselves to be verbally descriptive to the point that you can almost see us sitting yeah, here in this fabulous, fabulous pub. I mean, just just to add a little bit of context, it's a beautiful old English pub, proper. It hasn't been tarnished by any of the Orbar Onenesses. It hasn't been taken over, and no one's got, put anything from, on the wall. Got um, windows 
98 over there. Yeah, we'll we'll we'll, we'll ignore that. So we have, we have some flock wallpaper, which is like beautiful old designs. Uh, we have some nice sort of like uh, uplighters set into the wall. It's it's got a beautiful ceiling with some. Uh, Delicious. <laughs> oh, we've actually got the Queen Mother pouring a pint in a, in a fantastic uh, sort of photograph behind us. And, and just, just behind Phil's head into the back room, an oak panelled to boot, or maybe teak, all the way through. We have a, we have a whole shelf full of whiskey bottles. And, uh, and yeah, you know, you, this, this is a place where you would feel comfortable. So we're comfortable. This is, this is a, it's a quintessential English boozer circa some period that I don't I'm not really aware of. Anyway, back to you. Back to me, um, thank you. So, mischievous creative. Yes. Uh, what do you mean by mischievous? Well, um... Uh, why, why choose that as a as a word? I, I, I've, I've chosen it because I think I think it's important. Um, uh, and I think it's in, it's it definitely I've definitely realised that it's important for me, and and I think the 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 choice of mischievous I'll continue I'll continue with the northern pronunciation which uh, you listeners can decide on the correctness of which uh, I, I think that uh, I think that mischievous for me anyway and I can only speak for me I think it, I think it's important because it uh, it embodies that sort of the sense that I've I've relearned from my kids I've relearned a sense of mischievousness that gets lost and I think I think many of us lose it I don't, and, and by the way I'm not preaching on any step at all I no, think, I think all, the, all the preaching is perfectly <laughs> allowed <laughs> okay thank you so I've chosen mischievous because I think it's something that uh, I've been uh, uh, potentially vilified for over the years. Uh, really? uh, well, I mean, in terms of perhaps dragging many an uh, accomplice out on many a long night of drinking when perhaps I shouldn't have. Perhaps being the butt of many uh, uh, an interesting uh, debacle. Never, 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 never an altercation. By the way, just to, just to clarify, and in uh, if if I can just uh, add a little bit more context to me, uh, that I, I I'm a complete pacifist. And so my altercations and mischievousness end are uh, all around polite interjections, and right. they're not about causing trouble. So, yeah. just wanted to put a little caveat out so there. You're not uh, like Loki, for example. So Loki, Loki, Loki the god of uh, mischief. Right. The, the, the okay. Ch Thank you. Trickster. One of the tricks. One of right. the many trickster gods. So, no. 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 I wouldn't so go. Oh, not so, Loki. No. More, I'll tell know. you. I'll tell you where. Are you, are you familiar with the My Little Pony? Lo lonely and bony. No, my, my little pony, my little lonely and bony. You that can't one. say that in front of my children. Oh, sorry. Oh, they love it. Sorry. They love it so much. But there's a mischievous pony there. Right. Actually, but it's all very funny. Right. Forget okay. that. So mischievous, mischievous well, as in not causing harm. Well, I'll tell you. I'll tell you. I'll tell you where it. I'll tell you. If I, if I were to try and break that down to sort of explain it, I would yeah. say that rethink is also something that is interesting to me, which I think sits. Like as a subtext to mischievousness. Re Rethink, re so rethinking for me is uh, is the I guess it's the it's the act the act it's a verb it's I a verb know. I think I'm going to go for a verb it's okay, a verb rethinking so for me rethinking is being confronted in a situation or, or entering into any normal situation that you might be in life and and rather than accepting that 
there are certain ways to do things which are polite or culturally acceptable. Rather, you will decide for yourself how you wish to act because there is something you're interested in. And, and in that, I think there is a... And I think if you approach it with uh, a certain politeness, um, what it does is it allows you to decide how you want to act. Uh, as opposed to feeling, for instance, and perhaps we've had a, a, a small example of it this evening, where we've had the, we, were, we were attempting to go into a booth. That's right, yeah, there was a whole booth. It's a whole booth. <laughs> and that does sound a little seedy, but it's uh, we, we we were gonna we were gonna record in the booth and because yeah, uh, it's a bit noisy. And and this is a really it's a really boring example, but I think it does illustrate the point. Uh, and we were about to ask the waitress to ask the people how long it would be in case they left. But I thought, well, hold on a minute. If we ask the waitress, then she might go over there and be quite polite and perhaps not really ask them and come back with a non-answer. So instead I decided to walk over and interrupt them myself politely and ask them when they're going to leave and they said 45 minutes. And that's like a small example and very boring and uninteresting but deciding to rethink a situation. And I think that... Okay. okay. So where, where I think the mischievousness comes from is... And I'll give, you, I'll give you a small example of what my, my, my sons have taught me over the years. Uh, so my youngest son, Adam, uh, who's now 14, uh, when, he was, uh, when he was six, we were, we were sitting around the dinner table. It was Sunday dinner. And we had a roast chicken, roast potatoes, uh, and a, a selection of vegetables. And we were on one of those conversations that if you're a parent, you'll understand, where the child asks, and this is Adam, my boy, he said, uh, where, does, uh, where does chicken come from, Dad? And I said, uh, well, it comes from chickens, Adam. And he's like, what? Because I mean, and just to, just to rethink that one, okay? We look at a roast chicken and we go, yeah, of course it's a chicken. Now, if you're a child and you're used to seeing these lovely Chickens feathery running things around. running around, yeah, yeah. it's a very different looking thing. And connecting those two things, we think it's, of course, it's the same thing. Now, if you've never had that connection, you're looking at those two things, you're going, no way. Yeah. There's no way there's a thing, right? So then he said, well, well, hold on a minute, Dad. What about, where does beef come from? And I said, well roast beef comes from cows and he's like <gasps> like wow really dad it comes from cows I'm like yeah Adam it does, it does and he said you know what about uh, roast pork dad and I went what well, comes from pigs and he's like what <laughs> and it's just this incredible like you know incredulous sort of like expression of like oh my god I can't believe that that is a country and then he moved on he moved on because I don't know where his brain was going uh, because he's never really liked meat too much and he moved on to his favorite. And his favorite were roast potatoes. <laughs> okay. He loves the roast potato. And so he said to me, almost with like a little bit of hesitation. So he's like, okay, so now he's realized all these other things come from animals. He's like, so dad, where does uh, where do roast potatoes come from? And I went, uh, from potatoes, Adam? And he was like, what? Really, dad? Don't they come from like, like wolves? <laughs> So, so for him, for him, he thought that if yeah, if, yeah, if, yeah, if, okay. if if I could conclude for him that yeah. these these strange basted brown things were actually from real live animals with fluffy feathers and stuff that ran about, 
then his favorite thing must come from his favorite animal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and so, okay. Dad, do roast potatoes come from wolves? <laughs> and it's, oh my God, that's yeah. fantastic. So what, what I mean by mischievous there is I think that that's a mischievous way of thinking. Yeah, okay. Because you're, you're allowing yourself to mischievously conjure your own connections. So is it a bit like uh, challenging, well, obviously not in the, the case of your, your son, but uh, challenging a norm, like the, the norm in the booth situation would be yeah. actually, no, it's, uh, you know, we're, we're very British and we don't go and ask somebody if they want to move, uh, we'll, we'll ask a member of the staff if they'll go do that particular job for us. Uh, but it's much more direct, and actually the fact that it's really quite direct it can to a population used to a particular way of behaving come across as quite, like, oh, uh, surprising and refreshing, actually, in, well, in lots of ways. Uh, so so two, thi two things in answer to that, though. One, one is that I think that uh, I think there's an upshot. And the, the upshot hopefully will, will, will come back as being the, the sort of the purpose of mischievousness for me, is that you get your answers very quickly. Yeah. And I think actually right. you get your answers very honestly and very quickly. So you very quickly remove yourself from the malaise of miscommunication and the not really too sure and the hiding behind it and then the going home never thinking you should have asked, didn't ask. You just cut right through. And when you do that, it means you can move on very quickly, I believe. Now, the other thing I'd like to just challenge was the word challenge. Okay. So I don't, I don't, I don't personally feel that it's challenging norms. And I don't think that rethinking should be seen in that way because I think if you position rethinking as a challenge then I think what happens there is that it becomes like an anti-society thing and it becomes like a, I'm trying to change things and I don't think it is I think it's more it's just I think it's actually for me it's a more direct way of getting to the result that you're after and so it's quite simple in that point now that also doesn't bring it there's another side of mischievous which uh, obviously is quite clear so it means a bit more fun and so it could be a bit more edgy and a bit more fun and I think that then that that edge of that then takes me into the next word which is creative well that's what I was going to oh, move into you see oh, we're aligned segway don't say aligned segway <laughs> let's go segway should we go segway yeah go with segway 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 yeah, segway, segway. 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 we have segway segway smartly towards the word creative Awesome. <laughs> so creative. Yes. Uh, so mischief is great. Um, what do you mean by creative? And I'm kind of really, I'm slightly loath to ask the question because oh. it could, it, it's a whole can of worms. And sure. We have an entire industry for the people. Some of which should be listening to this going, ah, yeah, I know what I mean by creative. But it's not about them, so fuck you, listener. Uh, <laughs> what do you mean by creative? creative. When you say you're a mischievous, 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 yeah, mischievous version creative. of one creative. of them. Right. What okay. do you mean? Okay, so uh, I, I guess uh, what, do, what do I mean by the word creative in, uh, in describing myself? I guess what I mean is, is making something new. Right. I, I think that that's really what creativity is about. Uh, and I, I think that uh, the word, I mean, the word, I mean, now, uh, I have a, a, a sordid past of uh, working in the advertising industry uh, for my sins. Uh, 
and I'm quietly trying to repent uh, <laughs> and have moved into product development and product design in order to you know repent uh, from my sins of working in the marketing world but and I, and I, I, I as you as you've sort of introduced I, I do feel the same sort of like heavy doubt and fear and monikers that hang around the word creative because it seems like it's describing a someone but I don't, I don't think it describes a someone I think it describes an action and I think it's again it's back to verbs for me it's verbs because you know for me mischievous is a verb and for me creativity is a verb uh, it's not about it's not a label it's it's a doing word and both of those two things for me are very important and in fact you probably realize that actually doing things for me is one of the most important things and it's, it's very much about me uh, so for me creativity and I'm going to move it on from creative to creativity because I guess that's probably where the inconsistency of perception is when you say creative it's like you are a creative yeah. I'm a creative yeah. I can use things and create yeah. but actually you know create and creativity is about making things and you, you know that is for me that is I'm gonna go I'm gonna go all out now Phil oh, I'm on. going all out all out all out I'm just gonna hold on to my legs I'm going all out I'm gonna say that creativity and making things is it Oh, it's it. Boom! Landed. I landed the it word. It's boom. it. I think. I think it's like that's where. That's where. Is that, that a chipism? <laughs> chip. Going in. Chip. If you're listening, I've outlouded you on that one. But that's it. No. Uh, I, I think that. I think that. Uh, you know, for me, uh, a mischievous creative is someone who applies rethinking and mischievous approaches towards making things because that's what. Every person, everything, that is without doubt what every living molecule on the planet is doing. Whether you want to accept it or not, we are doing that shit immediately. So, and it, it's, I guess it's the, there so, is... So if everybody's doing it, then why do you pick out that particular word along with mischievous to describe... Describe you because if, if you're saying everybody's creative, well, why, why uh, are you particularly interested in using that word to describe you? Well, uh, yeah, that's a that's a that's a fair challenge. Fair it's, challenge. Not, it's not a challenge. We uh, hate the word challenge, don't we? Oh, uh, we do. We don't like that, do we? we okay. We don't like the word challenge. It's a it's a fair it's a fair interjection. Is that, why, why is it uh, a why better word to use to, to describe okay. you than uh, something else? Okay, I need to I need to now try and not sound like I'm standing on some sort of pedestal. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna backpedal a little bit just to sort of like furrow the ground, furrow the ground, and make everybody feel equal. <laughs> Equality is important. So, what I'm gonna say is that I think, and this was actually this was actually something that a, 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 a was it a primary school teacher or it might have been a secondary school teacher said to me that uh, there's no such thing as somebody who isn't creative, and and there is a. Again, with the word, I think with the word comes a heavy burden of uh, not rethinking, where people think, oh, if you're a creative, you're someone who does graphics, or you're someone who does illustration, or you're someone who does script writing. But I think the word creative actually is, and, and, and to, to honor the, uh, the, the person or teacher in my school, what she actually said to me was that there isn't anybody on this planet that doesn't have a creative bone in their body. In opposing the usual, you don't have a creative bone in your body. She was saying, there isn't anyone on this planet that, does, that doesn't have a creative bone in their body, as in they do. And, and I think that's true. Uh, and uh, 
You know, I think that we have a mis misnomer that sits around creativity, and it actually becomes a block. And I think that because, and it, often this, ha this happens, because I think language is often a bind, you know, and, uh, and, and the bind is, is once more sort of a, a product of your culture, it's a product of your upbringing, and therefore the words used have, they're heavy. They're heavy with the knowledge of what you think they are. But actually creativity uh, has nothing to do with drawing. Creativity has nothing to do with graphics. It has nothing to do with your ability to eloquently put together a script writing. Creativity is making. And making something new is something that, without even thinking about it, every one of us does. At the most basic human level, we make. <laughs> I just uh, I just did a, a rather awkward hand signal just for those of you that aren't here today, which is all of you. <laughs> so uh, just to be, I'm going to be. Can I be crude? Yeah. Can I be crude? Okay. We fuck. Well, we don't. Well, we, we're not we're not fucking now, but we fuck, right? Okay. Just let's just let's just let's just cut the shit right back to basics, right? Let's just, and and I'll come back to to where we were talking about. So we fuck, okay? People fuck, fucking. Everybody fucking fucks, right? We fuck, animal, animals fuck, everyone, we all fucking fuck. And what is fucking doing? Fucking creates something new, right? Magically, without you even realizing. And you're not even considering how amazing the product of your fucking is. You just like it, right? So that tells me something, that deep within you, you're a creative. You can create not just a work of art, not just a painting, you can create someone who can do all of those things. Yeah. Fuck me. That everyone on the planet is a fucking creative. And way better than anyone who says, oh, well, I can write a script. Well, I can fucking make 14 plumbers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fucking stick that in your fucking script, brother man. I can make 14 plumbers, two golfers, and a Tiger Woods. Boom! <laughs> so everyone's, as far as I'm concerned, and now this is an inbuilt thing. This is, we have this. We are creatives, and I think, we should, un we should rethink the heavy duty that hangs around the word creative and go where we all are. And when we think that we all are, you kind of feel a little bit, if you allow yourself to go, well, hold on a minute, I am a creative. It doesn't have to result in drawing. It doesn't have to result in writing. It can result in making something new. And that can be from connecting some thoughts together connecting two friends together to have a better night, connecting two or three ideas and coming up with a strategy for, oh, sorry, something, but just quite frankly, creativity and creating is about making new things and we're all capable of doing it. So did that did that bring it back, back yeah, round yeah, to, yeah, to creative? Yeah, it did. Well, it still doesn't quite answer the question. <laughs> why, did no, I, no. why did I choose it? It was beautiful, man. It was beautiful. But doesn't really quite answer the question because if, if everyone's a creative, why? It's an odd superfluous word. Maybe we should. If we're talking about you and you're saying you're a mischievous creative, well, okay. Mischievous creative. Maybe you should just say, okay, I'm a mischievous. Okay, I'll tell person. you why. I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. I'll tell you. I'll tell you why I've used it for myself. Uh, it's because, and then just speaking for me, I, I feel that I have unlocked the word creative from the the heavy baggage that it has. And I understand what it really means. And, and I'm not suggesting that other people don't or do. I'm just speaking for me. I believe, and the reason I use that word is because I believe that I've, I've unlocked it. Now, just to put some context behind that, I, I've spent a lot of my life uh, being, a, being an artist. So I studied at uh, Chelsea Art College. 
Uh, and I've also spent probably nigh on 15 years uh, as a creative, as an art director and as a creative director in the world of making pictures and adding words to pictures and creating communication. And all throughout that time, I believed I was a creative because I was an artist. Fundamentally, I think I have shifted and changed my perception of the word creative and what it means. And I do, nowadays, I do no pictures. I, I, I do very little, well, some writing. But I've realized that creativity is about bringing new things together to make something new. And, and bringing things that could be, I mean, life hacking is creative. Uh, finding a new way to put, uh, putting Mentos in a bottle of Coca-Cola. Vroom. That's creative. That's creativity. Science. Finding a new way to uh, video people via a webcam on your head. That's creativity. Creativity exists everywhere. And the reason I've used it is because I fundamentally believe that uh, I, I don't see myself as an artist. I don't see myself as someone who can uh, carry out creative pursuits and artists. I believe that I now like to create things. And so mischievous creative for me is someone who mischievously works on his own terms to address what is in front of him at any point of time and try to make something new from it. Did that answer? Yeah, yeah. Did I yeah answer? no, it's oh, awesome. Oh. Fantastic. So question two. Question two, yeah. goodness. Question two must be, is it your round? Question two, I think it is my round. Uh, I think, actually, no, it's mine. I don't, I don't think you could be permitted to buy another drink. Pardon me. I will go and get a drink. <laughs> Do you want another one of the same? Yes, please. All right, I'm just going to leave it running because I don't know how to pause it and then Spanish, it. Spanish fighting lager, okay. please, Phil. So, so anything, anything you say Lovely. will end up on the... On the uh, might be kept in. <laughs> Who knows? Just don't press the red button. Okay, hi guys. So uh, while Phil's away, and I've always thought this about podcasts, is it would be I've always felt that it's nice to be positioned in the environment. So I'm going to just do a little bit more description of where we are. So first of all, if you don't know Phil, he's got a bald head. He's a polite man. Uh, he's interesting. He's kind of kind of interesting guy, and he always wears black. He's wearing this evening uh, a sort of light, sort of black cashmere top, and uh, black trousers and black shoes. Uh, no eyeliner, unfortunately, or guy liner. Uh, maybe you should. I don't know. Uh, and uh, and I am well, I'm wearing a I'm wearing a blue shirt with stripes. Uh, I mean, this might be really boring, but it kind of positions us, so you can see us. There, there is a lady just on the table across from me looking at me very, very oddly, wondering what we're doing and why I have my head face down in the table talking to a microphone. Anyway, should we play bingo? Let's play podcast bingo. Okay, uh, unfortunately I can't get any requests as to the words that I need to get into this podcast, but I'm going to try and get the word Constantinople into the podcast, and I'm going to get the word Badger Press into the podcast at some point. So that's my challenge. It's between me and you guys. Let's not tell Phil. Okay, over and out. Thank you. Lovely. There's a guy over there eating fish and chips. <laughs> Bastard. 
Right. Right. Uh, so, question two. What excites you most about the next seven years? Okay. Uh, can I have multiple answers? Yeah, of course you can. Okay. Or none. It'll make it a bit short. I'm done. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. I just wanted to talk about me. Yeah, Next yeah, yeah. seven years has got nothing to do with me, so I'm done. I'm not interested. Okay, uh, uh, okay. So again, I have. Uh, okay, yeah. Uh, well, it's. Uh, you know what? One, once more, I, I think. Uh, There's a for a frame of reference. It's now. Shit! What month is it? It's, it's like April. It, it's at least April. 2016. Time so, capsule. So up until the year. Same sort of time, spring 2023. Fucking hell, that was hard. Right? You do the math, very good. Yeah, I did the math. I did the math. So, uh, yes. What are you excited about between now and 2023? Or what, what, rather, what excites you most? Don't tell me everything you're excited about because I imagine we'll be here for okay. some time. Thank you for uh, <laughs> adding that little bit of clarity because I was about to just sit back and start rolling. Okay, uh, uh, yeah, uh, again, Phil, interesting question. Interesting question. Interesting question. And uh, woo, what interests me most? Uh, now, hold on a minute. Now, is it is it the? Can I can I just ask for some clarity yes. so I can help me answering it most succinctly for you? Yeah. Is it, it does, about? Doesn't have to be succinct. Okay. Just, okay. Know, well, not, I, not right. Well. I probably won't do that. Uh, is it what excites me most about the duration of the next seven years, or is it what excites me most about the eventual results of where we will be in seven years? Oh, or well, both? Yeah, no. Uh, you can you can interpret it in whatever way you want. Oh. So, if there are some events that you're particularly excited about that, okay. you, uh, that you know are going to occur over the next seven years, then okay. great. If there are some things which you think hypothetically okay. might be an end state okay. in the next seven years, then that is also cool. Great. Okay. Yeah, whatever, you, whatever you like. Okay, cool. Take your fancy. Okay, so I will. Uh, uh, I'll, I'll get the personal stuff out of the way because I think it's only fair. Again, on, in, in, in honor of my uh, bid to be transparent. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to release two of my personal sort of uh, excitements around the next seven years, and then I'll, I'll move towards us as a as a people, as a humanoid species, as uh, bipedal as a, mammalians. Bipedal land mammalians that have opposable reasoning, thumbs, etc., etc. <laughs> okay, so uh, let's box off me because I mean, there's there's faces. No one cares. So well, I, do, no, they I do. do. I do. Some people will. Well, that's nice of you to say so, Phil. Nice of you to say so. Uh, okay, so, uh, well, um, I'm, I'm very, very excited about uh, seven more years with uh, the love of my life. Just going to go transparent and honest. Uh, and, and being someone who, quite frankly, for most of my life was a very closed book, would never tell anybody anything, I'd like to quite frankly broadcast that uh, Kareen, who is my love of my life, transformed my life, literally every day right now is going to be continuing for seven years just like it is now it's a constant it's not like a journey it's not like a it's going to end it's going to do this it's a constant and i'm so excited about the fact that it's going to be constant like this for seven more years and and onwards but for this podcast i was only asked to 
submit seven years of excitement. So it does go on. Kareen, if you're listening, it will go on, my love. So that's that's me very pressing out of the way. And that's beautiful. It's beautiful. We'll edit that out. Cool. Worry. Yeah, to get, get it out. Also, uh, I'm, I'm also extraordinarily excited about the fact that uh, within seven years and during that period, both of my boys will be old enough to drink with me in a pub. Oh, my God. Oh, shit. Oh, my God. I, I mean, and as a, as a beer-drinking man, you must understand the, the sheer anticipation of two of your best mates. And Adam and Elias are, without doubt, my best mates. I mean, with, withstanding Kareem, who is my best mate, obviously. The idea that they are both legally available and hopefully interested in just having a beer night with their dad, uh, that fucking, right. that blows my mind. I'm will, so will fucking they, excited uh, about that. Who will be paid? <laughs> <laughs> just out of interest. Well, you will, Phil, of course. <laughs> of course. I'll be there. You'll I'll be, be there. there. Uncle Phil will pay. Yeah. Uncle Phil. That, that, that will be, that will be our... I'll, I'll fly in the black credit card. <laughs> we'll go, recompense for this podcast is 14 beers for myself and my sons. Exactly. For one night only, or your newborn child. We should totally get that in the calendar. Okay, let's get it in the calendar. So I'm, I'm super... Oh, wow, yeah, that's I'm amazing. Super, uh, you, know, I'm so, you, know, you know what I'm so excited about that? Um, and I, I don't mean to make this an advert for alcohol, because it's not an advert for alcohol. No. But it's an advert for locking... Well, the alcohol industry, if they are interested in sponsoring. <laughs> so in particular, <laughs> uh, Stella... Uh, <laughs> uh, and, uh, Stella, yeah. Stella Artois... Any booze. Uh, Diamond Bond, White yeah. would do. <laughs> 2020, if you're interested. Uh, Nuki Brown's always a good... I mean, we heard a bit of... Uh, Geordie Roots, uh, Nuki Brown. Anyway, sorry. No, the, the, and just, just a caveat. What's really interesting about pub time... and, and and I don't know whether you, whether you have pub time or you don't have pub time, but I'm just going to just... Pub time is special because it's nothing to do with... Well, the beer helps. The beer is an accelerator. It's a catalyst. And, you know, it does accelerate and, in, you know, bring more to its own party. But the point of the pub time is that you lock yourself off for a unknown period normally. Yeah. Could be hour, could be three hours, could be four hours. And nothing else is there as an agenda, just you and the other people. And that actually doesn't happen much. It's very rare to get yeah, it. So really, for really me doesn't. for me to plan forwards and think that within the next seven years, both of my awesome boys who I think, uh, and I rate them so highly, they are incredible people, way better than me. I mean, and that's assuming I'm something, but I'm not. But anyway, to be able to be locked in a beer time with them where they're like locked in and we're gonna go toe to toe, chat it out, I literally can't wait. I'm super excited about that. Damn. Yeah, I see your point of view. Epic, epic. I'm gonna blow my nose. Oh, great. Okay, shall we get it on uh, on tape? Okay. Uh, so that's me out of the way. Um, I'm, I'm now gonna I'm now gonna give you my esoteric, culturally conscious considerations with the next seven years of our lives as humanoids bipeds and land mammals on this earth i have to say when you when you said that did it peak no no uh you uh you seem limitless oh the movie yes you looked almost identical to the guy from limitless at, at that moment in time 
Google Google the guy from Limitless and you're in the room with us, along yeah. with quintessential English pub, flop wallpaper and strange people looking at us wondering what we're doing on this table. Yeah. You're here. You're here guys, you're, you're in. Here. You're in. You're in the room. Well welcome welcome to this and us. So, okay. Sorry. Sorry. The, uh, so, so, the, so the non personal the non, uh, non well, I mean funny, non personal personal well, stuff. So important to me. Mm. Important to me because it's important, and, and I love people, and people are awesome. People are fucking awesome, by the way. They are. Moving I've, on, I've never, I've never stopped being amazed by how awesome people are. Okay, so quick scratch of my bum. Edit that out, please, Phil. Uh, now I know you're not going to do that. You're going to give it in. No, yeah. that's got to Son of a gun. Okay. And we might add some sound effects to make <laughs> okay. it even more obvious. You, you also picked your nose, Phil. You didn't, I but... did not. I was, I was biting <laughs> yeah. my nail. Yeah, he would say that. He would say that. <laughs> now, he'll definitely edit that out. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's true. He's in control of the edit, I mean, He's in edit. control of the edit. I got the edit. I hate this sense of insecurity <laughs> from not being in control of the edit. <laughs> I give it over. I give it over, Phil. It's all yours. Don't worry. I'll be... Okay. I'll be be kind. Totally, totally uh, no, no, of your, no, no. Your it, it, it's yours. It's yours. Do as you wish. Tell, okay. Tell, tell us about the. Right. Uh, okay. The, so. The next seven years. Okay. I've got. I've got two things. Uh, and again, once more, I have two starter points. Right. And then it's free form. All right. And I've scripted nothing other than two starter points. Just All to right. be transparent and honest. And I did think about it because you're right. There could be many things. And I've. I've. I've landed on two things. The first is the death of the GUI. The what? The death of the GUI. Oh, right. Well, some of these people might not know who you're talking about. Okay, so it's the death of the graphical user interface. And uh, that's number one. And number two, I flurry my hand above my head and look esoteric. <laughs> it's uh, the emergence of the collective consciousness. Ooh, hello. Hello. So those are, my, those, are, those are the two things that I am supremely excited about. I mean... Can so I, tell, I tell, 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 yeah, tell us about why, you, why you're excited about uh, the invisible application or the, the death of the use, user interface, invisible user interface, please. Okay, okay. So, where to start? So, I think that uh, it, it, has, it has something to do with barriers. So, and, and there's an evolutionary sort of undertone that I think is clearly, it's important to me uh, to recognize. Uh, and the GUI, I think, is an important evolutionary barrier that we need to overcome. And, and like many of the evolutionary barriers, which, uh, I mean, we can go back. Yeah. We can go back to the early primordial planet of water. Yeah. And the barrier of like microcells and microorganisms not being able to become life and strange sort of leaps in in sort of microbiology that fuse single cells together and boom, life appears. We could then go forward even further to things like the Industrial Revolution, where things became productized or not productized, but uh, sort of uh, industrialized. Yeah. Hence. The word yeah, the key word. Uh, and, 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 and actually, there was, a, there was another interesting barrier, um, which was uh, uh, heat, uh, heating food. Heating food was an interesting barrier for us, you know, uh, evolutionary-wise, because prior to that, we probably used as much energy to chew and digest the food as 
you know, as, 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 it, as it gave us. <laughs> if, you've, if anyone's had a harvester uh, corn on the cob, they'll know exactly. They're, they're basically reversing themselves to primordial sort of like equality of how much energy it costs versus energy gave you. What's that? Uh, Chicken cottage. No, what's that exotic and unwelcome vegetable that is inserted into uh, Bloody Mary? Celery. 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 And this could be completely wrong. It takes more calories to eat celery than you get. It's absolutely true because it's something like 95% water. So, so, so there was a there was an evolutionary barrier. Now, I'm sorry for digressing, but the evolutionary barrier is important because it it, it, it comes back round. So, bear with me. So, the evolutionary barrier of uh, of heating food was that when we realised that we could make fire and, and heat food, suddenly we were getting far more energy back than we needed to expend to consume the food. And then what happens there is you get an excess. And when you get an excess of energy, you can do things with the spare change, so to speak. And these barriers are very important, and I think we're at another one now. And, and, and the barrier that we've been at for a long time is the GUI. Now, what happens is you are, you are confronted with an enormous amount of visual information that you have to... Excuse me, I just belched right into the podcast. You, the, the, the barrier that we're at now is we're at a GUI barrier. We're, we're, at, a, we're at a graphical interface barrier. And, and, and it's, it's only been there because of the lack of uh, technology and the, the lack of technology that uh, has, I guess, well, that we, haven't, we haven't progressed technology enough to be able to remove graphic interfaces because graphic interfaces have been there because We've been on very low-level CPUs. We've been on very like boring graphical interfaces. We've had to go through the journey of putting information in front of the purpose. And where we're getting to now with Google Glass and other you know, virtual reality headsets and augmented reality headsets is the, the potential to remove the graphic layer. Now, the graphic layer has been, whether you would like to see it in this way or not, an evolutionary barrier. It's been something that we've had to cope with, much like not being able to heat food. We've had to expend as much energy to consume the food as we got out of it. Now, with a, a world that we're in now, which is all about communication and answers and results, we are having to consume as much information, and it takes the time to consume the graphical interface and to click buttons and to choose and fill in forms and da-da-da-da-da, rada-rada-rada, as it does to get the result that you're yeah, after. Exactly. So, I think, yeah, a good example is an Excel macro. So to put, to create an Excel macro <laughs> takes way more time than the value you're going to get out of the information delivered by the macro once you've created it. You, you, so uh, if if the macro or the, the system could anticipate what it was you wanted from a certain number of inputs desires or previous patterns of behavior if the system could anticipate what it was you wanted and then automatically deliver it uh, then we would be eroding some of that, that barrier so if we exactly so exactly if you if you if you let, let's put a let's put a direct comparison up I can't cook meat and spinach so I hack off a lump of cow 
Was that a, was that a cow? That was really that was a, good. That was an odd cow, but it was a it was a in strange. It was difficult. It, it was a cow having something hacked off. It. <laughs> so, cow, cow has a lump hacked off it, and I'm now chewing my way through that. Wow, hard work, hard work, hard work, hard work, hard work. and the result I get out of it equals. So I'm at an equilibrium. Fast forward to, I am trying to order something from Amazon, which we'd probably say right now is at a probably you know fairly high stage of uh, evolutionary technology sort of interface between humans and needs. So I log on, I look around for something, I click on something, uh, oh, I forgot my password, oh, click, 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 oh, I forgot my password, oh, no, uh, uh, reset my password, shit, okay, fuck, uh, okay, send it back to my password, uh, okay, Ooh, uh, go back to email, check email, uh, email hasn't refreshed, uh, okay, hold on, refresh email, oh, here's the email, cool, it came quickly, cool. Click on email. Okay, go back. Right. Oh, got my email. All right. Cool. Go back in. Go buy it. Oh, I haven't got Prime. Okay. Never mind. How do I want it delivered? Not sure. Oh, okay. Oh, this is the barrier, and the barrier is a GUI barrier. Now, it's it's a user journey, but it's a complete GUI barrier. Remove that GUI barrier, which will definitely happen in the next seven years. And here is the journey. Ah, Phil. Do you know what? We're we're sitting here and. Uh, it was interesting. I was talking to you about a, a, a fabulous, a fabulous book, fabulous book, um, and I'd like to order it. I, I tell you what, let's order it right now. Okay, cool. Amazon, fire up. I'd like to order uh, Lord of the Rings uh, by J.R. Tolkien. Would you like that delivered to your place of address? Uh, no, I don't want to do it in my place of address. I'd like it to be delivered to where I am now. Okay, no problem. That's the Crown and Anchor, Fox and Anchor pub. Sure, yeah, that's the right, correct place. Okay, do you want it delivered by Amazon Prime? Yeah, why not? It'll be with you in an hour. Done. Phil and I get back to drinking. So that is the death of the GUI. The death of the GUI removes this, and we're, we're exactly, at, we're, we're, we are right now, whether you like it or not, we're at an evolutionary barrier point, which, as with any evolutionary barrier point, not many people don't see it, because we're, we're, full, we're full of what we're doing now. We're right at that point, and in seven years, that'll be gone. And we, boy, with that time saved, we are gonna progress, so I am turbo excited. And ooh, also, can I, can I add another thing? So I've been I've been following Magic Leap. Oh yeah! Oh, wow! Do you see yeah. the uh, Project Orion Ooh. with Magic Leap attached to Oculus Rift? <laughs> now, just just for your enjoyment, audio pleasure, I've been troubling my lip with my fingers. It's so exciting! No, seriously exciting! So. Now the thing is, Oculus Rift exciting, superb, um, augmented reality exciting. I mean, and way back, it, it, it's been it's been exciting. But the thing that's excited it's me been and 20, 30 years, people have been excited about VR. And and now now and, and both both are equally exciting. And you could go, you could argue the VR happening. and AR. Now the thing the thing that I quite liked about the uh, the the Magic Leap was this concept of. Uh, oh, sorry, Magic Leap. Google. No, sorry, not not what? Leap Motion. No, no, the not the motion. No, no, no. Ma Magic, Magic Leap. Leap the, uh, the, the unknown, the unknown entity. Yes, now exactly. Google. Which is lit literally, uh, yeah, uh, and yeah, just yeah. a point of reference in time. Um, I think two months ago had nine hundred million pounds investment from a mixture of Google, Alibaba, and other investors. Yeah, huge. 
Now, now the reason that they they are pummeling all this money into Magic Leap, and uh, just for again point of reference, there are many Oculus Rifts and uh, Microsoft Hololens, etc. Many, many, many. The reason they are pummeling all into this uh, this this Magic Leap, which also there has been no revealing of the technology, other than it's about something that's kind of known as digital ink. The idea here is that it, 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 it draws it onto the eye versus it being on a lens in front of you. Now that, for me, is a rethink. That's a rethink. That's exactly my point of rethink. So many of these AR and VRs are about projecting, uh, you know, you've got a small camera behind your temple and it projects forward a mirage onto a visage in front of your face. Now, the, the rethink, and I think the beauty, now, whether it is or not, but it sounded incredible, was that we could just draw it straight onto the eye, and boom, fits in with, like, removal of gooey. Gooey's gone, gooey's gone, boom, just like straightforward, dun, dun, dun. So, so, super excited about that. To the traditional graphical user interface, visual mechanic which requires some kind of you know, navigation of the screen based structure in order to select and not just that Phil kind of can I add another thing that will be will be gratefully disappearing with the GUI advertising speak I'm sorry but advertising speak has to go oh my god like an, an in between an in between layer of just malaise middle Middle creativity malaise has to go, guys. Just let's get rid of that shit. Let's go straight to beautiful creativity with product and purpose. And let's just remove the disgusting layer. I'm sorry. I mean, I do apologize. I don't mean to be rude. I mean, I, I, I have as many sins in that disgusting layer myself. So I'm equally leveling it at myself as everyone else. But the damn thing has to go. It's disgusting. Remove the shit. Let's go to product and purpose. Boom, boom, move on. Number one, landed. So, uh, disappearing GUI, uh, invisible applications. Uh, I can't sum up easily the removal of uh, disgusting marketing speak. Uh, anything else you're uh, excited about? Yeah, uh, I, I did. I, there were two. Absolutely, there were two. There were two. What, 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 what they're, they're two and 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 bizarrely they're quite they're they're connected. So the, the second the second that I'm most interested in is uh, and excited about is the concept of collective conscious. Oh yes, that's right. Yeah. So, okay, where to start with collective consciousness? Um, Boom! Done. <laughs> hey! <laughs> Last orders. <laughs> Ding. I think that was Phil ordering a taxi for me. I'm out of here. I'm out of here. <laughs> no, I, I, don't, I don't feel a snub, Phil. I don't feel a snub. No, collective consciousness. Okay, am I allowed to have two things, by the way? You can have as many things as you want. I've only got two. And plus my other two personal ones. So it's four. Because but I, I got rid of those quickly. I'm not counting. Okay, you, cool. are, you also added in disgusting advertising. Okay, cool. I swayed my hand in a gesture of... <laughs> It's the only way I can describe it. It really was a gesture of fear. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, uh, so my second thing, which is, is now this is this is more important because this gets right back into my how I describe myself, mischievous and creative, uh, collective consciousness. So, 
This is, uh, so on the surface, I think you could look at the concept of collective consciousness and you can go like, yeah, yeah, well, I don't know what, what uh, everyone, uh, I don't know what, thinking the same things. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dive in a little bit into what I think it means. So collective consciousness for me is the removal of the decision-making process. In what, in groups or for individuals? give us an example okay I'll give you an example so and you you may have potentially got a little drift from both of my uh, keen interests and and excitements Uh, and they're to do with the evolution of and should I say the the the, is communion the right word no the let me think of the right word can I have a moment yeah yeah have a moment I got it. Okay. It's the intersecting trajectory of two parts of very natural evolution. Technology and us. Now, I'm saying that as if there was a separation just because I think that's normal to assume. I don't personally believe that. I don't believe that technology, the evolution of technology and the evolution of ours is different. I think it's absolutely the same thing. It's, it's fundamentally momentum. And we've done it all. Whether it was the ex- exit from the primordial goo and the connection of two single cells into multiple cells which has spawned every living thing we ever know. And Phil, me, beer, this pub, and everyone who's listening, we're all from the same thing. So technology and thinking that it's part of something different is a misnomer. Technology is us, right? So I think that I think that the exciting thing about collective consciousness is if you can and I'm quite interested in this this scene setter. I'm gonna use the word funny enough, I'm gonna use a kind of acronym not an acronym I'm going to use a I'm going to use a a, a simile <laughs> what would you call scene setter Phil help me out I don't know See, well, a scene setter is a, like a, a way of thinking about things okay I'm going, to, I'm going to use a way of what thinking about things to describe a way of thinking about things right. the scene setter <laughs> well how, how meta is that we're going to disappear in a wormhole we're going to disappear into a wormhole of our own Psychological and physiological masturbation of thought. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> if I'd known before I came out this evening. I pummel my hair with both hands and put it back to give myself a sick look as I jump in and tell you. What was I going to tell you? <laughs> Shared purpose. Or okay, so communal it, it, self-supporting. No, so we were, we were we were back to my communal consciousness, communal and, and I wanted to. What I wanted to say was, uh, I want to set a stall out, and and I believe that it's important if you're going to try and explain what you're talking about. I think you should set a stall because yeah, by right. setting a stall, you kind of what you do is you kind of go, okay, guys, listen, listen, listen. I'm, I'm going to be selling like beef jerky, so. Uh, just so you know, if you come up to my store, you're going to be getting beef jerky. And then what happens is people don't come up and go, what the fuck, I wanted like pork scratchings. Where's my oranges and shit? So, and it really helps. I think it really helps with like trying to explain something that might be 
you know, alien or, or unusual or it, it's the curse of knowledge. You think you know everyone else is thinking the same thing as you, but it's bullshit. No one, under, you speak and everyone's like, what the fuck was he talking about? Curse of knowledge. So I'm going to set the stall out. Okay. The stall is basically the idea that, the, uh, and back to my first point, the intersecting trajectory of technology and humans. They're the same thing. This it is that is evolution. We are we are evolved. We we technology and humans are evolving. We're not separate. We're the same. So let's just that's my store. Okay. Now with that store comes this, and I'll I'll give you you ask for examples. I'm going to give you some examples. So right now, I okay pre 2004. Uh, if someone said to me, uh, oh, man, Nick, what was that uh, boozy we went to in, like, 1998 like, in uh, in Munich? I was like, oh, shit, who was there? Uh, Phil was there. Chip was there. Chip was loud. I remember that. Uh, who else was there? Oh, shit, I can't remember. What happened? Forgotten. We all forgotten. Cut to 2016, which is where we are now. If I want to recall those memories, I'll go, beep, Facebook, beep. Have a look. I'll look at the pictures. I'll look at the, who was there. I'll see the comments. I can easily access my memories uh, and collective, mem- collective memories. Not just my memories, but Phil's memories. I can see what Phil said. I can see what Gareth said or Chip, as he's known by the people that are really close to him. <laughs> Not really close. <laughs> Not really. Anger and tug of war for the love of Gareth. Let's Chip. call him Gareth. <laughs> Gareth, Chip, love. So, sorry, back, back to the point, back to the point. So the point is, pre-2004, which was a sort of like an epic change, and again, another barrier, uh, which we overcame through Facebook and social media. Well, I couldn't remember this stuff. Now I can remember it, but I can remember it because it's committed to the digital memory. Now, in my mind right now, that's my memory. I'm happy that it's digital, it's mine. Yeah. I don't. I don't feel any intersect. I don't feel any separation. I don't feel the old philosophical debate between identity and uh, and consciousness and and body and form. It's just. It's me. It's still me. I don't feel anything different. So if we can, if we can continue my setting the stall out to say that technology and humans are the same evolution. We are exactly evolving together in union. In, in, a, in a trajectory that is moving towards each other and we can accept that there is a there is a case study right now where I admit that my memories and consciousness and collected memories are going into a communal place which I'm happy with and I don't mean this has to be Facebook in bunny ears, bunny ears, bunny ears in inverted commas it just happens to be the one that happens to have one billion selected carefully placed conscious memories of being committed to it we have a collective consciousness and I think it's something to be proud of I think it's something that as a as a race of humanoids that have evolved through forgetting things and losing things to a brilliant place which let me just get rid of the fear windmills that blow up over stuff to be private and seen by other people for fuck's sake we have this beautiful collective memory of all our stuff that's fucking amazing now let's take it a step further now i don't know if we will get there in seven years but i'm going to just take a leap i'm going to take a leap so we've, we've set the stall out to say that humans and technology are 
the same evolutionary track and we are con we are verging towards each other and connecting so that we realize it's the same thing set stall one set stall two we are committing things to digital memory to digital futures through calendars and stuff and we're happy with that it helps us it's us so we're committing more and more as we commit more and more take it to evolutionary setting the stall three with it comes things like uh, let's let's remove all the decision making that I need to make to make the decision I need to make because I've got enough close people who also make decisions like me who I trust and therefore the rump steak with the peppercorn sauce is the thing I like. I'm happy with that because it's part of a collected consciousness about what I would have chosen. Now, I can reject it and go, no, 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 let me look at the menu, let me go back, let me retrace it and choose and go back, but eventually I'll choose the same rump steak, or did I say ribeye? I can't remember. No, With peppercorn sauce. <laughs> right. So what will happen is we can, again, remove a barrier of decision-making. And with that collective consciousness comes, and it's perhaps seven more years, seven more years after, which might be 14. And I know I'm speaking out of turn for this podcast. But what happens there is we go, let's just relax. Let's just, let's just let ourselves be comfortable with the fact that knowledge is shared. Let ourselves be comfortable with the fact that it's okay that with enough moderated and democratic decisions being made it would be easy for an algorithm to go say generally everyone agrees with this point everyone who doesn't can you see the majority agree and the minorities look at it and say fair enough let me look at the points I can see all the data points and if I want to discuss it I can go into it and discuss it it's available the point about this is it's available and it's shared and the more it becomes available and shared the more we reduce the need to dig deep because digging deep is a human problem. Digging deep is not a technology problem. And as we get closer and closer together, what technology will do, it will remove the need to dig deep for humans, and it will make us be able to move forward as a collective on clear, logical, happy decisions. And I think there is a future, quite frankly, and all of this AI nonsense, which you, you wrote a very nice post on Medium, uh, Phil, which I, I think I put a little note on saying, the whole fear windmilling, which um, good old Stephen Hawkins, and uh, I mean, I, I doff my cap, I doff my cap, um, and, and, and others, uh, and I think maybe uh, the good old uh, SpaceX oh, yeah. splendid Elon. man, Elon, Elon. And, and, and again, by the way, both supreme heroes in my book, supreme heroes, supreme heroes, pushing us forward, have, have, have been talking about Will AI take over us? Will we be Terminator? It's like, for fuck's sake, what a load of cock shit. No fucking way. We're getting better. We're getting more peaceful. And the more, the more, the more knowledge is shared, and the more that we share a collective consciousness that we're comfortable that everyone else knows, transparency. Like, that will create a more peaceful union. And I guarantee you right now, fact, seven years time, more peaceful. Seven years after that, more peaceful. And you continue on, the transparency and the comfort of removing decision will take us to a far more peaceful, happy future race of, and if I can take it right back to the beginning, that land, land mammals, land mammals, land mammals with, with bipedular action, <laughs> opposable thumbs, and the reason 
to bring technology into their evolutionary comfort and forwards to to just hug and be happy and that's no hippie shit that's fucking reality brothers and sisters Hashtag, 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 you go for this, I'll buy us a pint. Alright, I'm going to press the stop button there. Do it. But, do it. before I do... That was the magical machine.